Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. Good morning. Great to see you all. A lot of energy here this morning, which is fantastic. And I encourage our team members regularly, God is an atmosphere junkie and he moves at his best in an atmosphere of faith. And we can actually bring something when we join together as a church, bring expectation, bring faith, expect God not just to be here because he promises he will, but expect him to speak to you, expect him to do something in you and through you this morning. Special welcome and a shout out to our podcast listeners, wherever you are around the world also. And uh, it was great. Last month, October, we saw a pretty substantial bump in the number of podcast listeners around the world. So welcome to those new listeners. Um, If you've liked it and uh, you know people that could benefit, you can go into your little app and share uh, and rate us too. And when you rate us, uh, be nice. and, uh, and I promised last week we'd, we'd give you a, a little sneak peek into which countries are dominating the dojo. Australia, or as we like to call ourselves, Australia, uh, number one, which makes, kind of makes sense, we're here. Um, but number two is our good old friends from the US of A. So uh, shout out to uh, our North American, USA in particular, not to be confused with Canada. Uh, listeners, great to have you here as well. Look, in a room this, uh, with this many people and, and, and podcast listeners around the world, I don't obviously know all of your stories and I don't know everything about you, but l- let me tell you this. There's one thing I do know about you and, and that is that all of you, me included, have made mistakes. Some of you, you spent money that you wish you'd never spent. Some of you got into relationships that you wish you had never gotten into. Some of you took job offers that you wish that you'd never taken. And the list goes on. Mistakes are inevitable. They're universal. And we look at them through our rearview mirror and think, what was I thinking? And the thing with mistakes is after we've made them, one of the lessons we can can learn or think that we learn is just this idea that we didn't go into that situation trying to make a mistake. The couple that are signing their divorce papers didn't previously stand at the altar hoping that this marriage would fail. The person signing the employment contract didn't go into that new job opportunity hoping that one day that would end badly. The person that uh, started the, just experimenting with recreational drugs and now finds himself in addiction didn't start with the goal of becoming an addict. But here's the problem. Most of us don't plan to make mistakes, but the mistake that we make is too often we don't plan not to make mistakes. So here's a question. What if there was a way to better foolproof your life? What if there was a way that into the future, you and I could make less mistakes and or make less catastrophic mistakes. Or here's another lifeline. What if you have made some terrible mistakes and right now you're actually still experiencing the negative repercussions of those mistakes? What if (laughs) 
there was a way that God could turn your setback into a comeback. And that's what we're looking at for these four weeks around this series. From a letter of a guy named James. He was the younger half-brother of Jesus. Kind of makes sense when you read the whole story. But let's jump in right now to actually something James wrote uh, very early on to Jewish Christians around the known world at the time. So if you've got our app, you can tap the Bible tile. It's going to drop you in. It's going to drop you into verse one. So you'll have to use your fat fingers to scroll. Not all of you have fat fingers, I'm sure. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> scroll, scroll down to verse 13. And uh, this is actually like the next slice from what we taught last week. Last week, We talked about tests and challenges, and this is, James goes on, shifts gears, and starts talking about this juicy morsel. And he says to the the church then, and he would say these words written to us today, and remember, when you're being tempted, don't say, God's tempting me. God's never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation, rather, comes from our own desires, which entice us, and drag us away. So just prior to this, and, and, and what we covered last week, James talked about tests, tests and challenges. And he made this absurd claim that we should look at tests and challenges as a sheer gift. And I said last week, and I had someone ping me this week saying, man, I'm going through a test right now, and I wish I could give that gift back. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Because when you're in the test, you don't always feel like this is a gift. But James said a lot about tests and he says a lot about temptations. The first thing he said in both of them is it's not an if, but a when. Not if you get tested, but when. And not if you get tempted, but when. When you are being tempted because we will all face temptations. He also points to the idea that both tests and temptations will lead us somewhere. The difference being that tests, and one of the reasons they're a sheer gift, is they'll lead us towards development if we stay in them and allow God to do what he does. The slow cooker, always better than the microwave. Versus temptation, they'll lead us somewhere too, but not to development, rather to destruction. And so he puts this idea, a big idea that I use these words from James' playbook, of how we should deal with tests versus how we should deal with temptations. Stand strong in the test and run away from temptation. And I said it last week, people mess things up when they get this the wrong way around. When we run from the test, we miss the opportunity to mature. And when we stand in the temptation, we get enticed in a way that God never intended. And this was James's words. Remember when you're being tempted, don't say God's tempting me. See, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. James uses a fishing analogy to explain how this process works. Now, any fisher, fishing enthusiasts here today? Any, any okay, uh, one, I don't think she's telling the truth. Anyone else? <laughs> Fake news, people. 
I'm not much of a fishing enthusiast, uh, but when I was in primary school, we had some family friends, and they are fishing enthusiasts, so sometimes they'd uh, take me and my brother off my parents' hands, give them a break, take us fishing. Now, back then, and this is like when I was in primary school, around the time that dinosaurs walked the earth, uh, fishing was very simple. You needed some form of a rod, some form of a hook, and some form of bait, and that was it. Kind of like three moving parts, very Very, very straightforward. What I've since discovered, I'm not a fishing enthusiast, but occasionally I'll be scrolling past Seven Mate channel and I'll discover a fishing show and I'll think to myself, I'm gonna watch this. I could probably learn something from this. Well, let me tell you what I've learned. I've learned that fishing is so much more complicated than it was when I used to be a fisher person. They don't use hooks and bait anymore. No, 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 no. Now, fishing people use lures, these things called lures. And just to prove how crazy fishing people are, I I say that with all due respect, they give names to these lures that make no sense. You don't believe me? Let's play a game. This is a game we can all participate, including you listening on the podcast. This is a game that I like to call Fishing Lure or Indie Rock Band. So here's how the game goes, all right? So play along. Now, I don't want you to call your answer out. You've got to answer this in your head, but you've got to be honest. Jesus is watching. All right, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you five names. And in your head, in your head, answer the question, is this, the name of a fishing lure or the name of an indie rock band. You all ready to play? All right, hands on buzzers. Okay, don't call it out, just to yourself. All right, number one, Zara Spook. Fishing lure or indie rock band? And the correct answer is fishing lure. All right, okay, who's one for one? All right, the rest of you can stop playing, you're a bunch of losers. All right, number two. Number two, Modest Mouse. Fishing lure or indie rock band? Ready with your answer? And the correct answer is indie rock band. All right, okay, anyone two for two? Two for two, two for two. Remember, be honest. All right, here we go, number three. Number three, needlefish. Fishing lure or indie rock band? And the answer is Fishing lure, see, see, I turned that one around. Yeah, Jared's like, ooh, you could be. I'm like, yeah, I could be, but maybe I'm not. Number four, Kasabian. Kasabian, fishing lure or indie rock band? The answer is, <laughs> could be both. Indie rock band, all right, anyone four for four? What? Wow, okay, Rod Newton. Yeah, no, I, I I, I, never did, I never did believe a, rod, a word Rod said. All right, number five, Swedish pimple. Fishing lure or indie rock band? And Rod Newton, this could be the knockout round for you. The correct answer is fishing lure. Did anyone go five for five? Luz. Luz, you had no idea what you were talking about that whole time. And Mitch, all right, all right. We might find you with a prize later on. Going to Liars Anonymous, 10-week course for free. But, oh, that worked. Uh, 
One of the things that's helpful when we look at how James explains how this process of temptation works, and he uses a fishing analogy, is to actually consider what the fishing process looks like from the fish's perspective. Because here's the thing. In James's analogy, we're the fish. So here's how fishing looks like from a fish's perspective. A fish sees a lure. They're very drawn to it. They move to it, and they take a hold of it. They don't realize there's a hook in it. And they don't realize that the whole process, the lure and the hook, has been thrown in there by somebody standing on the shore or on some sort of vessel with the sole purpose in mind of that fish's destruction. This is how it plays out for us. You and I are being fished for. Behind every temptation is a tempter. An enemy who's casting out lures and he's trying to entice us and drag us away. Now, here's a fun fact when it comes to fishing. Fisher people have an expression called match the hatch. In other words, I did a lot of research on your behalf this week. You're welcome. In other words... Design and pick the, the most specific lure that's going to best fit the mouth profile of the fish that you're going to want to catch. Well, we have an enemy who treats you the very same way. Temptation is not a one-size-fits-all solution. We have an enemy who is conjuring up strategies, who's selecting from a very large tackle box full of lures, Something that has been custom designed for you. And he's going to drop that in the water. And that explains why some of your friends aren't tempted by some of the things that you are. And why you're not tempted by some of the things that they, you think, why would anyone make that sort of mistake? And they look at you saying, well, why did you make that sort of mistake? And you're like, ah, oh, different lure. Match the hatch. Temptation is not a one size fits all proposition. And my best advice at this point is, is understand your own kryptonite. I'm mixing some Superman in just for the DC comic fans in here. <laughs> understand your kryptonite. What, what, is, what is the thing or things or the area or the circumstance or the emotional state that you're most vulnerable in? Because I guarantee that's where the devil's gonna strike. Now, there's the usual suspects, addictive substances, and maybe some people, that's going to be their lure, and that gets a lot of publicity, and it's very real, and the devil uses addictive substances to take people on a path of destruction. There's sex. We, we, we know about that, we, and I'm talking to someone you're not married to. He'll use that, and God talks about sex as being something that we give of ourselves, and so everyone we, every time we have sex with someone we're not married to, we actually give a piece of ourselves away hand over a piece of our soul, and God never described that, and that's not his best. It's a message for another time. But then there's some even less commonly identified ones, things that don't get maybe the same publicity. What about this one? Gossip. I'm tempted to participate in that conversation because it sounds alluring. 
juicy conversation and maybe I could make myself sound more important by joining in. Stealing. This one doesn't get so much publicity. Tempted to steal and you think, well, I don't go into Woolies and boost things into my reusable shopping bag. No, but do you share a friend's Netflix, Netflix password? That's stealing. When someone offers you the not yet released torrented version of a TV series on a USB, do you take it even though it's stealing? When someone gives you music that they've downloaded from somewhere that they didn't pay for it and they give it to you, it's, it's stealing. And again, it's, 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 just, it's not very sexy and it doesn't sound important, but somebody on the other end is believing for God to provide for them financially through their creative endeavors, for example. And by us not stepping up, well, that's stealing. And all the musicians in the room said, all right, I got your back. Well, this one, spending more than you earn. So every catalog that lands in your mailbox, every email newsletter, Black Friday comes around, the sale that you just can't miss, you think to yourself, that's right, I sure can't. And maybe spend money that you actually don't have. The devil wants to use that, the lure of the commercial and the marketing to take you on a path of financial destruction. So James says, hey, 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 whoa, 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 listen, listen, people. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And these, if you didn't know, if you don't think that matters, if you don't care, if you're like, huh, these desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And when he uses this word death in this context, he's not talking about a physical death, although that could be the eventual outcome with some of the things that we get tempted by and lured away. He's talking about something that gets between us and God's best. He's talking about something that God never intended for us that's gonna drag us away, lure us away, take us away, keep us away. Now, if and when you've taken the bait. Nah. When, because <laughs> we all have. When we've taken the bait, we are what fishermen call on the hook. And we are on route to destruction. And if you are in that position right now, if you're, if there's an area in your life where you are realizing, ah, that's uh, fine. This is the point where people run to God and ask him for a way out. And James addresses that. In fact, let me scroll back up to verse five and he gives us something that's super encouraging. If you've taken the bait, super encouraging. If you've got some of this destruction that's come as a result of you taking the bait, this is super encouraging. He says to us, hey, well, Friends, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Throw that one up. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give. This should be good news here right away because I've had people, I've been a professional Christian for 25 years. I've had people say to me, ah, God never answers my prayers. And I say the exact same thing to them. God always answers our prayers. It's just that his answer isn't always yes. He always answers. Sometimes it's yes. That's the ones we like. 
Sometimes it's no. And we think, well, that means he didn't answer it. Yeah, he did. He said no. And then sometimes he says, not yet. That's still an answer. It might not be the one we went fishing for, but it's still an answer. God always answers our prayers. But here's the thing. With this, the promise of wisdom, it's already a yes. This comes pre-yesed. When you and I need wisdom, he said, all you've got to do is ask for it and God will give it to you. So if you're on the hook, if you've taken the bait, if you're living in, a, in, a, in an aspect of your life where that, that you're on a pathway to destruction, that you've been lured and you're being taken away, scream out for wisdom, and God promises he will give it to you. But here's the thing. There's a pro move. There's a pro move upstream. The pro move upstream is the person that asks God for wisdom long before they even go near the lure. The wisdom to say, ah, something shiny up ahead. Should I swim towards it or should I swim away from it? And God says, there's wisdom available to you to let you know what you should do in that situation. So it's a good habit to get into before you take the bait. So I want to just land. You owe me six minutes from last week. I just want to land this message with, with a framework for decision making around this topic of wisdom. Because it's not always as simple as yes or no. Sometimes it's a little nuanced. And sometimes what might be wise for one person to do might be unwise for somebody else to do. 10 years ago, I read a book, which was a game changer. For, 10 years ago, I read more than a book, but one of the books I read, <laughs> Dale dug a hole and Mark read a book. Yes. <laughs> tell him, Mark, tell him. Sorry, that's a very Australian reference right there. <laughs> um, called The Best Question Ever, written by Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley leads a church in uh, the US called uh, North Point Community Church. He's one of the most influential leaders and, and communicators, uh, certainly in that part of the world, and, and he's been a huge influence in my life and, and leadership. And he wrote this book, The Best Question Ever, and, 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 and he provides in this book a framework to help us with our decision-making. Now, I'm going to tell you what the framework is because I memorized it. And I didn't memorize it on Wednesday because I was going to preach about it on Sunday. I memorized it 10 years ago when I read this book. It's one sentence. I memorized it. And, and there is not a week in my life that goes by where I don't use this framework as captured by this sentence in my life and my decision making. And I'm not pretending I'm perfect and I'm not pretending I never make any mistakes and I'm not pretending I never take the bait, but I can tell you that the, the framework that Andy Stanley puts out there in this book, what he calls the best question ever, which I think it's certainly up there, uh, has helped me and I can almost money back guarantee it will help you if and when you apply it in your life. So just so you know, if I had my swimming goggles on, I'd put them that you know, that I'm not kidding when I say I memorized it. He simply says, the best question ever is this. In light of my past circumstances, I'm sorry, past experiences, my present circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? In light of my past experience, 
my present circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? When this job opportunity is put in front of me, in light of my past experience, my present circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? When I've got the opportunity, but I don't know if I should or shouldn't spend money on this thing, in light of my past experience, my present circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Oh, she looks cute. He looks cute. I'm single. Should we mingle? In light of my past experience, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Past experience. If you have a long-term habit of spending more than you earn, and some of your best friends that you carry around with you are maxed out credit cards. And that's been your past experience. Then probably buying that thing is not necessarily the wise thing for you to do. And by the way, that makes it not wise for you. It doesn't mean it's not wise for somebody else. Because they may be cashed up. They maybe not have had 5, 10, 15, 20-year pattern of spending more than they earn. They might have savings, disposable income. They might earn more, whatever it is. This is not about what's the wise thing for everyone to do. This makes it bespoke. This is some of the genius of this question. It also means don't look at what someone else is doing and thinking that green lights it. Because what's wise for someone else may not be wise for you. So run you through the filter. Don't be so concerned about running other people through the filter because you don't know the answer to all these questions for them. But you should know and try to know the answer to all these questions for me. In light of my addictive personality, and I have one, by the way, that's led me to play around with various addictive substances, is having my work meetings in a pub. I mean, giggle, but it's a real question. Is that the wise thing for me to do? Here's the thing. Probably not. But again, you might have a colleague that has, that they can have soda water or, or they can have one wine and I'm fine. And they, for them to have a work meeting in a pub, no problem. But for you, may not be the way. So in light of my past experience, what is the wise thing for me to do? Well, what about my present circumstances? If currently you're in debt, I've referenced this one, don't buy that thing that you don't need. Take that money and pay down debt. That's your present circumstances. In light of your present emotions, I meet people and I say to them, right now, honey or Mr. Honey, you should be focusing on growing emotionally because you right now have come out of a bad season and you're beaten and damaged emotionally and, and you need to just take some time, be single, look to Jesus, get around some other healthy people, maybe get into some counseling. Don't start another dating relationship yet. I pray for you if you want to get married one day. God bless you. I'll be ready to do the wedding for you, but not this month. But for someone else to start dating might be fine because they may be in a current emotional state where they're healthy. So again, this isn't what the wise thing for everyone to do, but what's the wise thing for you to do? 
And, and here's the other thing. Some things might be wise in your future because you will have resolved some of your present circumstances. Once, look, we've got the beanbags over here. They just went for this lavish, lavish holiday, lavish holiday over to Disney World. And if you follow them on social media, I mean, it was just like jealous swipe after jealous swipe after jealous swipe. Flex, 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 flex. All right, that's it. I'm sick of these people. I'm unfollowing them. <laughs> but, but they spent several years leading up to that paying down all of their debt that they had previously accumulated. And then they got rid of their debt and wait for this, Wait for this, millennials, listen carefully. Then they started saving actual money. <laughs> and they took that money that they had now, through months of savings, made a budget. Well, technically Jared made a budget. Made a budget. <laughs> they then stuck to that budget. Well, technically Jared made them stick to that budget. Listen, I'm throwing your husband under the bus. You don't need to defend him. He's a big boy. <laughs> so there was a time two years ago when going to Disney World for a lavish holiday would not have been the wise thing for the beanbags to do. But in light of their present circumstances, they put themselves in a position when that became quite wise. Didn't invite me, but otherwise, pretty good. Are you guys coming up? And here's the last one. In light of my future hopes and dreams, in light of if you're not yet married, what are you doing in your own life that is positioning yourself to become the person that you think a husband or wife would want to be? And I'm not talking physical. I'm talking about you being the person that God has. If you're in a marriage, what, what, do you, what do you want that to look like in five years' time? And, and what are you doing now? What's the wise thing to do now to position you and so your marriage is going to flourish and move in that direction? Where you want to be financially? What are you doing now and not doing now in light of your future hopes and dreams? You want to maybe buy your first house. Buy my first house or buy this brand new car that will depreciate by 40% the minute I drive it across the car park curb. Well... Maybe in light of your future hopes and dreams, buy the cheapest car your ego can handle and save the money for your house. That would be potentially the wise thing for you to do, someone else. Different circumstances, maybe a different outcome. But I'm telling you, this has been a game changer for me. And I, look, even if you don't read the book, this isn't stealing. I only put a sentence of the book up there, all right? <laughs> You're emailing me, calling me a hypocrite. Where's the royalty check for Andy Stanley? <laughs> uh, we're going to sing this song. And I've actually asked our team through this four-week series for this song, Sea of Victory, to be our anthem. This song, there's so much in it that, that last week we took some time just to really consider, sing this song and consider, if you're in a test, for this song to encourage you. I want us to in a moment stand and sing just a part of this song. Uh, and it's going to be actually more about if you're on the hook because you didn't do the wise thing and you took the bait and if you did we've all done it God's best for you in the next season of your life is He wants to cut the line you took the bait okay 
facepalm, but God wants to cut the line. You took the bait, but God wants to cut the line. How do I get off this? You took the bait, but God wants to cut the line. That's what your victory looks like in the next season of your life. Man, I took the bait. What an idiot. Yeah, but God wants to cut the line. And then, as well, for all of us to grow in wisdom, that we could better foolproof our lives by making more wise choices. That's a sign that we're growing. In fact, one of, the, one of the beautiful things about God's promise for wisdom is not just that He will give it to us. He also promises that it's something we can grow in. It's not static. You don't believe me? Read Luke. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. There you go. You don't even have to Google it. I'll tell you where to find it. Where, where Luke wrote about Jesus as having grown in wisdom. What? What? Yeah. How cool is that? Even if He needed to, how much more do we? But it's there. So let's stand. And let's just take a short time and sing this song. And like Jared was saying before, make it a declaration. God, I'm going to get off this hook. I want you to cut the line. Oh boy, I can see that lure. I know what my kryptonite is. God, help me grow in wisdom. Help me understand the, 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 the downfall, the destructive consequences of that. And help me recognize them. And help me... Uh, make wise choices and have the strength to make those wise choices and have the strength to avoid the temptation even though everyone else seems to be taking a hold of it whatever it is for you what is the wise thing for you to do it's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you to find out what your next step could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps.